welcome to the podcast. We've got fresh content from some of the brightest minds in the Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto space. With feeds on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram that make it so incredibly easy to keep to the pulse of what's happening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and even hit the share button to send to someone you know who would love to know about this totally free podcast. Huge thanks to our main sponsor, UnoCoin, who are not only India's leading crypto assets blockchain company, but also the reason why this podcast is available to you completely free of charge. With that said, let's jump into one of the Blockchain Impact Conference talks that took place in Toronto, Canada on December 8th, 2017. Enjoy. So uh, as Sunny said, uh, I'm the, the founder of Baytech, which is a uh, executive search firm for blockchain and AI. And I've also just founded Plugged. I'm going to go through a little bit of a background on, on me and then also what we're doing with Plugged and then I will get to where the, the blockchain side of things come in. Uh, I would say we're one of the first apps that's actually in production um, and, and looking to use blockchain for, for uh, tokenizing um, you know, a part of the product. So uh, my background, I worked for an executive search firm in the UK uh, doing banking technology recruitment. I set up their North America office uh, and moved out, uh, or I started spending time out here around 2010, uh, two weeks a month here, two weeks a month in London. Uh, in 2014, I decided to leave and set up on my own. So I moved out to Toronto uh, and started working with the banks and found that uh, it, was, it was a frustrating place to work. Most of the banks were looking to hire the sort of people, the tier one people out of the Waterloo's and the UFTs, and most of those people wanted to go and work for startups. So we started looking at other areas that we could work with, uh, and I met a couple of people at the time that were working with blockchain. So started building out a network on the off chance that it would take off. For the first year or so, it was, it was worthless. There was nobody hiring, and if they were, they certainly didn't have money to use an agency as well. Um, so I, I sort of started building it out. At the same time, uh, I got into recruitment just before LinkedIn, and prior to LinkedIn, you had to be a certain caliber to uh, to recruit candidates from, you know, the sort of markets we were looking for were either traders or, or you know, directors and managing directors within technology in the banks. The, uh, what LinkedIn, you know, you had to be able to sit down and have a conversation with someone and if they if they weren't interested in the role that you were putting in front of them, you needed to, they needed to open up their network to you. So they really had to build trust in, you had to get them to, to have trust in you. What happened post LinkedIn is uh, everybody just, it, recruitment became data mining off LinkedIn. So I'm sure you've all had messages from recruiters uh, asking you to apply for a job that, that doesn't match your skill set. Uh, the problem is, what happened after LinkedIn is, is recruitment agencies continue to charge the same fees with clients, but they tended to hire a lower caliber person so they could pay them less and, and keep more of the margin. Uh, what we found was that a lot of the bigger organisations were then hiring internal recruiters. The problem was they were hiring them from the agency, so they had this. They, yeah, they, were, they had the same problem anyway. What we wanted to do was build out, build a platform that would remove the need for recruiters for what I would call commoditized jobs. So whether that's a generic Java developer or someone in, in support. So. If, if I'll give you an example, if one of the banks in Toronto is to post a role for a Java developer, they will get around 2,000 applications. 90% of those will be people who aren't in Canada and who are needing some kind of sponsorship or work permit to move out here. 
90% of the remainders will be people who have never worked in technology before, you know, they're taxi drivers or they've worked in a bar, but they think it would be a great career change. The, uh, what tends to happen there is uh, those people don't get called back for many interviews, so they tend to be the people that are following up with hiring managers or following up with internal recruiters. Uh, so the internal recruiter or the hiring manager spends all their time dealing with people that are of no interest to them. By the time they get to the good candidates, they've already accepted an offer elsewhere. So we looked at how other industries dealt with the same issue, uh, and, and online dating tended to be the main one that had the, the, the same problem. So if you were to ask, uh, particularly any woman who had signed up to a dot online dating site, uh, she would set up a profile and she would go back in a week's time and, and there will, she will have been inundated with messages from people who are of no interest, many of them explicit and, and unsolicited. What we looked at is, uh, so if I look at say for example the, the Tinder model, Tinder did a couple of things that were very clever. The first thing they did is they created mutual matching. Uh, so uh, looking around the room, most people probably look out of the, the Tinder age range. So Tinder, the mutual matching means that you can't message anybody unless you both expressed interest in each other. So what it meant was, uh, for all the, you know, if I look at it from say the recruitment point, all that noise and all those people following up would, would be removed from the process and that time would be saved. So we looked at that. Um, the other thing Tinder did that was very clever is they only allowed you to send pictures that were on your Facebook profile. So if you were gonna send a, a picture to your Tinder match, you've had to be happy with your mum seeing that on your Facebook profile well. Uh, on the candidate side, what we found is as recruiters, a lot of the time when we speak to a candidate, they'll tell us that they're not looking for a new job to contact them again in six months or 12 months. And four weeks later, we would see that they'd landed in a new job. Now, they hadn't necessarily lied to us. What usually happened is there was something that happened in that period of time that made them you know, answer that next person that, that, that contacted them about a job or, or contact that friend who just ended up in a new core company. So we looked at um, why that is. And, and what we found is that if you're at work today and your colleague gets that promotion or the person sat next to you gets that good project, you're unlikely to get home that night and to start to update your, your, your resume and go and find jobs to apply for. But what you will do is you'll go downstairs, you'll grab a coffee and you'll pull out an app and you'll express interest in a couple of things that would, would match what you're looking for. If you get home that night and then you see that you've got a couple of matches, you're much more motivated to go and update the resume or to apply for that job because there's something that you're going to miss out on if you don't. So what we looked at was creating something that was very similar to Tinder but for the job market. Um, we went to a couple of the banks in Toronto that we were already working with. Uh, we, with both banks, we got all the way up to the global heads of recruitment who loved the concept of the idea. We got introduced to procurement, and for anyone who's tried to do business as a startup with a bank, we got to procurement and they asked us for three years of financials. So that idea was sort of dead in the water for a, a period of time. Uh, as I said, I've been building out my blockchain network and you had companies like R3 were starting to get funding and there was a couple of ICOs. So I went back to that. That was getting busy as the, the war for the blockchain talent built up. We were also doing some stuff around AI, which was, was, which was building up at the time. So we left that, we got busy. And then I started to see, I had a couple of friends, one in the UK and one in Canada, who owned bars and restaurants. 
And I was seeing on Facebook and Instagram every week, every few days, that they were looking for a bartender because someone had just quit, or they needed a line cook, and, and there was nowhere for them to find anyone. And what we, what we looked at was, what if we took the original idea that we were looking at to work with the banks and technology, and we moved that to the hospitality industry? And we found that there was, there was a number of areas that really aligned well for us. So the first one is that there's, there's huge turnover. The average bar or restaurant turns over their staff every six months. Uh, there's unreliable staff. So people will quit on the day or they will call in sick the day of a shift and, and that needs to be replaced. Uh, there's no restrictions between the workforce. So if a bar is open from Thursday till Sunday, and those people want to work more than four shifts a week, there's no restriction from them working at bar A for four days a week and bar B for the, the other three days of the week. So that really worked for us in terms of being able to, to, to move the up there. Um, the other thing is, is the demographic was, you know, it's predominantly 19 to 30 year olds who were all looking for extra money and therefore they were perfectly aligned to you know, using an app to pick up extra shifts um, as well. So we built out the app. And then we, we started researching two-sided markets. Um, so what I mean by that is, is we need both the candidates and we need both the clients for our, our, our app to work. And one of the problems with that is, uh, well firstly, you can't, you can't really beta test because you can't beta test with five users on either side, you won't create the matches. Um, but the other one was that we, we really needed to grow exponentially. Every time somebody logs onto our app, they were going to expect to see more jobs or they were going to expect to see more candidates. So we looked at how we could create a reward program that helped us grow. So we looked at uh, Uber, and Uber uses the, is any, everyone here familiar with the Uber invite code? So if I invite you onto Uber, we both get a $10 free ride. The problem with that is, if I'm the 100th user on Uber, and I invite 10 of my friends, I've increased their user base by 10% for $100 of free rides. Today, if I invite 10 friends on Uber, I've increased their user base by 0.0001%, and I've still got $100 of free rides. And we really wanted to encourage people to get behind the app in the early stages. Um, we've started conducting a lot of industry meetups, so we get, you know, we've, you know, we, just to put in context, we launched about three weeks ago, and we have a, a thousand users uh, on the app already. So we really wanted to encourage our users to grow the app for us, but also reward them for that. So that's where we looked at tokenizing the reward platform, and that's where the blockchain side of things comes in. So I've got an example here. Uh, I can't see it, but I, I, I know it, so I'll uh, have a look over on the screen. Uh, so the way that you earn reward programs is, sorry, reward points is uh, either through using your invite code, so inviting a new user onto the app, whether that is a candidate or an employer. Uh, you will earn reward points for filling a shift or hiring for a shift, so whether you're on the, the establishment side or you're on the uh, staff side, and you will earn uh, reward points for interviewing either as the interviewer or interviewee. So for the example that we've got here, uh, it's a four hour shift at $15 an hour where the candidate got a five star rating and the establishment got a four star rating. So the employee still, or the staff member still earns four hours at $15 an hour. So they still earn their $60. We can't pay people in tokens because if you, if you go to anyone in the hospitality industry and ask if they'll go and work for tokens, you'd, you'd get laughed out of the, the, the room. So you still get your $60. 
And then the reward tokens, so the staff member who got a five-star rating, they get $2 of tokens, worth of tokens per hour. So for a four-hour shift, they got $8 of tokens. And the employer got, four, or the establishment got uh, $1 of tokens per hour, so they got $4 worth of tokens. Uh, at the moment, our app is free, and we expect to be free for the next, uh, at least year. Once we start to charge, the idea is that we will charge, excuse me, we would charge in tokens. So it would cost $10 worth of tokens to post a full-time job, or when you place a candidate for a shift, you will pay $10 worth of tokens. So the idea is that as we pick up more bars and restaurants on the app, obviously the demand for the tokens goes up. The early adopters will benefit from the fact that they are earning tokens at the moment before they are paying for the app. Um, and then once, obviously once we're paying, they'll have already built up a balance to, to spend out of as well. Uh, in terms of the token utility, so we, uh, we do have uh, a mix between uh, the, the blockchain tokenized side of things and a traditional reward program. So on the staff side, we're already working with a couple of yoga studios and gyms who are happy to take uh, 20 to 25% of tokens in lieu of cash um, for the people that we would end up directing their way. We're also looking to work with dental clinics and uh, massage therapy uh, for, for this on the staff side as well. On the employer side, we're working with a uh, culinary apparel company, so people who provide chefs and uh, chef and cook clothing. Uh, we're looking at uh, point of sale systems and, and some other stuff as well. Uh, the uh, we will then the other thing what we're going to have within the app is we're going to have almost an internal exchange. So. As people earn the tokens, the staff earn the tokens, and the bars and restaurants earn the tokens, we will pick up more bars and restaurants. And they won't have had the chance to earn tokens before they will need them to pay for posting a job or for hiring a candidate. So the idea is that they can buy those tokens from other users on the app, and they will then pay us in tokens for, for posting on, on the app. In terms of growing, uh, from there, we, we had a couple of ideas. So one was that we would start within the hospitality industry and then we would grow from there and we would look at other areas that could use the same sort of service. And, and really it was anything that wasn't on LinkedIn, anything that didn't have one central point where all the jobs were and all the candidates were. So we looked at, um, I can't say what's up there, but we looked at thing, uh, construction, we looked at retail, we looked at if anyone's tried to find a maid on short notice, it's, it's a nightmare. So we looked at all those sorts of things. Um, we looked at uh, tutors. If, if you put child, a child in an after school uh, tutor class, they tend to be up at around $100 an hour. But there's plenty of teachers out there who can't find work after graduating or would be happy to earn some money in the evening who are already licensed, they've already passed criminal background checks, and they would be happy to come and earn a little bit of extra money by tutoring your child at your, your house. So we looked at the other areas that we could grow into. And what we felt was that by the time we completed the, by the time we had the hospitality industry market covered, that could be years, you know, as we grow into other countries. And rather than do that and then wait before we went into other markets, we felt, well, why don't we de decentralize it? So if we have the token sitting along the top, and plugged would just be the first user of the gig token. So what we would do is we'll white label the technology. Uh, and then that technology will be made available to various industries various in, in various geographical locations where people already have a database of candidates or they have a database of clients that they can put onto the app. Uh, 
and the idea of that is obviously that not only are we looking at the demand for the token within our platform, but we're looking at it across all those industries to, to obviously uh, push it up as well. Uh, in terms of the team, so myself, uh, I'm uh, co-founder with Chris Vasquez. Uh, Chris's background is he spent the last five years as an SVP at, at TD, um, running all their infrastructure and IT um, availability. So you know, uh, there was about I think two or three thousand staff there that he was looking after. Uh, our advisory board is uh, Jean Taylor, who's a former uh, president at Bell Canada. Uh, Tiffany Madison, who worked for John McAfee for a number of years and ran his presidential campaign in 2016. Uh, and Adam Muse, who was a co-founder at Paytm Labs, uh, helped them grow up from, from, sorry, grow from zero to 200 million users. That's it from me. Uh, I'm gonna be around for the rest of the afternoon and the evening, so if anyone's got any questions, please feel free to, to come and ask. Uh, my contact details are up there. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't think it's up there, but you can find me pretty easily. Um, we'll go from there. Thank you very much. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with a friend you think would appreciate the send. Up next, more talks from past conferences. Thanks for listening.